Well, a special welcome to all of you. Uh, we have some traditions that we observe, and uh, when my kids were little, I used to go on an Easter morning while they were sleeping, and I'd rouse them a little bit, and I'd say, he's not here, he's not here. Dad, what are you talking about? He's not here. And so uh, my daughter called me this morning and said, he's not here. Dad, he's not here. Another, another little thing that has become a habit for me, one of, uh, one of, one of my associates that I worked with, um, he didn't particularly love the song, Alive, Alive, My Jesus is Alive. And I would sing it, and he would get the, he'd get the song in his head. And he'd say, what are you doing to me? I can't stop singing this song in my head. And so when I moved away, I, every, every uh, Easter Sunday morning, I would phone him about 8 o'clock or 8.30 Sunday morning and start singing this to him. And so I had, uh, I had a chance to do that, just to have a little fun and stick that song back in his brain so he'll, he'll enjoy that. Hey, but what, what's the big deal about Easter? Like, I mean, there are holy days for different religions, and uh, what's, what's so important about what we come to celebrate today? I think that's a legitimate question. For some people, it's a, it's a day off work. It's a day to feast in certain ways, and maybe to have family over. Um, but what good is it? What does it mean? What's the, what's the purpose of that? Uh, there are a lot of messiahs who have come and gone. Religious leaders have uh, dotted the landscape of, of history. Many of those founders were killed, uh, and uh, for many of them, uh, what is to distinguish them from our, the leader of our religion, if you will, Jesus Christ? Well, this is, a, this is a good and legitimate question, and uh, the church in Corinth that the Apostle Paul had written a couple of uh, epistles to, uh, they had some issues with, uh, with uh, the resurrection. Um, here, here they are, Paul is talking to them, and he's talked to them about the gospel, which is so important, the core of our faith is Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and he was resurrected the third day, raised the third day, according to the scripture. And uh, so, obviously, this was a critical component, because in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, he begins to tell about all the people who were witnesses of this. This was for him something that was really important, really significant. Uh, and when they talked about this, he was talking about this because there were people in that church who believed, well, there's nothing, there's no resurrection. They, they couldn't see their way through to that. And Paul was so concerned about this that he had this whole chapter. So if you want a chapter that that gives you the essence of the resurrection, it's 1 Corinthians 15. It's 58 verses, and the whole focus on this is the resurrection. He saw a problem that needed to be corrected in our faith. To deny the resurrection to him was a critical error. If there was no resurrection, what then? And he also would say a few verses later in, in this same chapter, 
he said, if that's your attitude, then you're going to take a position, you're going to live by a life that says, you know, eat, drink, um, and, and for tomorrow we die, and there's nothing after that. So just go out and have a good time, and it could be uh, something that would cause people to uh, step off their morals and, and their values. So Paul wrote about these things that were really important, of first importance, I received and I gave to you the, these truths, and the, one of these truths is the reality of the resurrection. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 12 and 13, uh, guys, you'll have to get me up there, please. Uh, it says this, but if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. He said this is an urgent issue that we have to deal with. So Paul went uh, to correct this faulty thinking that could have some very dire circumstances and spin-offs from this. He wants to know, us to know how absolutely critical it is to believe in the resurrection. And uh, he does so by helping us see what the results of the resurrection, uh, the results that would happen if the resurrection were not true. If, if the resurrection is not too, true, what, what's the essence of this? And, um, and that's, that takes up this portion of 1 Corinthians 15. And here I want to give you the things that he tells us, that if Christ isn't risen, we have a big problem. Uh, first off, the first thing is, he says, if Christ isn't risen, then the ramifications of that, the consequences of that would be this. Our preaching is useless. Our preaching would be useless. Preaching was high on Paul's agenda. He had a message to declare. He had the ministry of the Word of God in preaching and teaching, and this was central to who he was and what he did. Um, this was a priority for him. In 1 Corinthians 1.17, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, Paul says, but to preach the gospel, not with words of human wisdom, but lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. He said, what, what God sent me to do was to preach and teach the word of God. He admonished his young uh, protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word and be prepared in season and out of season. Be, be ready all the time. Correct and rebuke and encourage with great uh, patience and care and instruction. Well, Paul says it's critical, and I've given myself to the ministry of preaching, and, and, and the, the point he's making here is, hey, listen, if Jesus didn't, wasn't raised from the dead, you, you're blowing smoke. You, you have nothing there. It's, your preaching is absolutely useless. Um, it's interesting that uh, a great deal, the, the largest portion of what a, a pastor does is to preach and teach the Word of God. Um, this is so absolutely critical. The work that I do and, and where I spend most of my hours is in the preparation for preaching and teaching the Word of God. I mean, I'm parsing verbs, all kinds of really exciting, fun things that you might like to do. Um, 
I'm doing lexical studies on words and outlining the text and trying to get to the heart of the meaning of what it is and to understand the significance for that original audience and then wanting to understand how it applies to us today and, and, and hopefully being a good student of the script and, and helping our people make application of that. That's where I, the bulk of my time goes. Um, and it's one of the most rewarding things that I do, and it also can be a very frustrating thing when you're wrestling with a text. And, uh, and then I have to stand and deliver and, and share the word of God with you. And I would be accountable for this uh, in the Lord's service that I render unto him. He will call me to account for how I have done this. And Paul says, you know, Rutledge, you spend a lot of time in that. You, you, you've invested in three degrees. Uh, you've, you've invested thousands of dollars and thousands of hours in this. And I want you to know that if Christ isn't raised from the dead, you may as well just shut up and sit down because there's nothing to this. There's, there's no meaning. Paul says, if Christ weren't risen, it's meaningless, it's empty. It's void, it goes for nothing, and it's no effect, it's, it's a waste of time. How, how terrible would it be for me to waste all this time and this energy into, uh, and those of you who prayed with me understand and know I've got a couple people that pray for me every day. I've got a person who prays for me every Sunday morning at eight o'clock, calls me up uh, from a few hours away and prays for me. And if, you know what, all of that is meaningless. And it's unless Christ is raised from the dead. Well, secondly, he says, our faith is useless. Our faith is useless if Christ isn't raised from the dead. Paul preached to have people put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to become part of the family of God, uh, to, to live a life that's transformed. And uh, you have to say to Paul, you know, what, what you're doing and what people have and what you've encouraged them to do is absolutely useless if Christ hasn't raised from the dead. It's meaningless. There's no meaning at all to us. And, and, and so he says to them, you know, think about it. Think about it. What, what you're wasting your life on. And it's not real, it's, and it's of no effect. He goes on to say next that we're, uh, we're liars. One of the things the Bible uh, drives to is, is truthfulness. We see that in the Ten Commandments, uh, you, you shall have no uh, false witnesses. Well, in verses uh, 15 and 16, he says this. Um, More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God. For we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he didn't raise him from the dead, in fact, the dead are not raised. For the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. So he's saying, if you go out and you've got this message and, and you're, you're witnessing, which was the early church was told to do, to witness to the person of the, re the resurrected Jesus Christ. And if, you're, if you're, you're doing this and he didn't, wasn't really raised, then it, it's meaningless and all you are is a liar. Whether that lie comes by uh, false, uh, falsities, whether intentional or unintentional, unintentional, purposefully or naively and without un understanding. All we are is a bunch of liars if Christ didn't raise from the dead.
He goes on to say again, our faith is futile. And he's circling back to faith that whatever you thought God would do in your life, it's nothing but a sham. He's a phony. There's nothing to that thing. It's a hoax, a major disappointment. Not only that, we're still in our sins, if that's the case. Uh, the monumental problem we face in our relationship with God is sin. Uh, he, he says in that, you're still in your sins. Sin is what separated us from God. Sin is what brought uh, us uh, all kinds of curses under which we live in this planet because of our rebellion against God. Uh, we, we understand that when we violated God's word, when we said no to him, when we, when we stood against and shook our, our fist in his face, we understand that, uh, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has, has done against God, has rebelled against him, has not lived up to what God wants for us. He says, Christ died for our sins. That's the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He died in our place to take our sin upon him and to incur God's wrath and judgment. We, we don't talk a lot about God's wrath and judgment. Uh, we've, we've come through a series where we've talked about that somewhat. But, but, but here he's saying, if, if, you, if Christ hasn't raised from the dead, you're still in your sin. And if you're in your sins, you're separated from me. And that means eternally you'll be separated from me. And uh, if Christ isn't written... Is, isn't risen, the debt of your sin can't be paid for, and you'll be judged by God and banished for eternity. This is tough stuff. Well, if Christ isn't risen, he goes on to say, those who have died are lost. The hope we have of, as believers is that there is a resurrection. As Christ was resurrected, so there's a resurrection for us, and that we will live forever. We have this hope, and, and it, it's applied to us, as Scripture talks about this, the promise of a new heaven, a new earth that we've been talking about recently, the solace of an afterlife where, where as, as tough as things are and can be in this world, there's something better, there's a hope that we have, and, and uh, not the curses of this broken world where sickness and disease uh, were, were uh, prevalent, where there was war and famine and abuse and rape and stealing, but where People enjoy peace and love and security in the presence of Jesus. But he's got to say, you know what? If, if Christ wasn't risen, you have no hope. About a year and a half ago, um, in a, in a nine-month span, three of my four uncles, including my, my father, um, all lost their wives within a, within a nine-month period. And it seemed like we were just constantly getting calls and going for services, and you'd see the family gather around the, uh, the casket at the gravesite, and we would talk about the hope that there is for us in Christ, and as difficult and as challenging and as heartbreaking that that can be, we had a hope. But if Christ isn't risen, there is no hope. But I can see people looking and saying, look at those people gathered around there. What, what do they hope to achieve by that? I mean, put the person in the ground and that's that. That's what it is if Christ isn't risen. That our loved ones who we look forward to seeing, they're not, they're not there. There's nothing there. There's nothing. 
And finally, he says, Christians are to be pitied because of pathetic delusions. Christians are to be pitied because uh, if, if we have only in this life, and in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, it says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all people. We're pathetic. You realize that? We're pathetic, and we're living with delusions. If we think that, that Christ is alive, and we've given ourselves to Christ, as Paul did. Paul was, uh, interestingly, a, a brilliant young upstart uh, in the religious world of, of the Jews. Um, and, and he was under the training of the distinguished Gamaliel. He was destined to be a somebody in that religion. And he had an encounter with Jesus, though, that absolutely revolutionized his life. And it brought him a huge amount of grief and hardship in his life, too. He was out to kill the church, to, to, to run it out of existence. Um, he, he hated the church. And uh, Paul, when he came to believe in Jesus... Now the hunter became the hunted. He, he ran into opposition. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was hated. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. It didn't, didn't have to happen this way if he didn't believe and follow. What a wasted life of this, this young upstart who was so brilliant and so had such a, a, a future that was so hopeful. And he's wasting his life if Christ isn't all that he's gone through, all that he's given up, all that he's had to endure. He, like all of others who are believers, are to be pitied. These poor, pitiful Christians, these people who, who endanger, listen to what he says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 30. As for this, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? When, I, when he said, when I became a follower of Christ, my life was in danger. I die every day. I mean that, brothers and sisters, just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus. I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons. What have I gained if the dead are not raised? Let's eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. What a pitiful group of people we are. Um, if, if you're giving sacrificially uh, to, to the Lord and to, to, the, to the church in, in worship of Him, if you're set aside um, things uh, of, of your own pleasure and your desire, and you just, you just want to help other people, you want to reach out, you want to love them and care for them, you want to sacrifice for them and, and, and uh, work uh, to, to encourage others. You could have indulged yourself, but you didn't. You know, you, you ever when you, you, you get your, your tax return money and you think, hmm, what could I have done with that? But, but, but no, I, I want to dedicate that to the Lord. I, I, I talked to a, a parent who was uh, struggling because uh, it can be costly to be a Christian and, and had a, a child who was brilliant and uh, gifted and felt the call of God upon their life. And, and, and to go someplace half a world away where, where they wouldn't be uh, using the resources God has given them to really be a wealthy person and, and a comfortable person. And, and the parents who thought, I, yeah, but I won't see my son 
and, and, I, and, and his wife, and when they have children, I won't be there for them in that way. And, and, and you think, well, you, you poor Corinthians, you're to be pitied. You Christians, you're to be pitied because you've given up things and you, you've lived your life, a sacrificial life for Christ. And it costs you in so many different ways. And if Christ were not risen, what, what a wasted life you've had because you could have done and, and given so many things uh, for, for uh, yourself. But you didn't. If Christ is not raised, we are fools. We've been duped. And, and uh, it's, it's a sad state. So to, to sum up, he says, if Christ isn't raised then our preaching is useless. That what I invest so much time in and what we do in coming and listening and receiving, it's useless. Faith, our faith is worthless. Uh, we're liars. We're still in our sins. Those who have died are lost forever. They're gone. We're never seeing them again. And we're to be pitied because we lived so blindly and foolishly for Christ. But he says in verse 20, he says, but Christ has been written. Therefore, as we just sang, because he lives, because he lives, there's something. And the apostle Paul would say, well, you know, that, that preaching that I do, that I invest so much time in, in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And he saw that, the, that even though he claimed to be not a good speaker and, and that kind of thing, he... He preached the word, and he preached. He said, I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling, and my message, my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And he saw things happen and changes, changes, uh, lives changed uh, because he lives. And, and our faith uh, is seeing lives changed and transformed. And our testimony is true, and our faith is not futile, and our, our sins have been eradicated, and we're clean and free before him. And he's freed us from bondage to sin, and, and he's forgiven us and, and made us acceptable in his sight. And our family and friends who've died in Christ are safe with him. And... The, we have that hopefulness for our heavenly inheritance. And we say, don't pity us. We're not to be pitied. I, I, I told you the uh, last week, or uh, excuse me, on Friday, uh, about how, how uh, Dr. David Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, this upcoming uh, stellar surgeon, gave that all up to preach the gospel. And people would pity him. He said, don't pity me. Don't pity me, because anything, when you surrender for Christ, to know Christ, it is, it is beyond anything you can imagine. There's, there's nothing like it. He goes on to, to close out this, this uh, session. He says, you know, if, if Christ is risen, then Christ is the first fruit. Do you know what that means? It means he's the first, and he's the model of what will happen for all of us. And, and we can take great hope in that. And, and since death came by one man, so in Christ he can make all people who turn to him alive. And Christ will put down all wicked opposition. And uh, we don't see that happening yet. 
But he will ultimately put that down. And the last enemy to be put down, he says, is death. Death. And so here we are. Death has no power over us. It has no authority. It can't take us. As soon as death thinks it's got us, we're with Jesus and with him forever. And you see, he reminded us, we were reminded by the ancient prophets some 700 years before Jesus died on the cross. The, the thought was, seeing him on the cross, he was getting his just desserts. Because cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree or a cross. But, but we were wrong. We, we thought that Jesus was being punished for his own sins. But we were wrong, and Jesus Christ is vindicated. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. He's conquered death, the last enemy, and we will live with him. So what's the big deal about the resurrection? The big deal is everything. If it weren't for the resurrection we wouldn't be here today. If it weren't for the resurrection, uh, we wouldn't be cleansed of our sins. If it weren't for the resurrection, we wouldn't be invited into God's family. If it weren't for the resurrection, uh, he, he would uh, have uh, left us and we would never enjoy the transformation that he brings into our life. Uh, if, if he's resurrected, we can stand uh, at the, the graveside of our loved ones with with sorrow, but mixed with courage and hope and faith in God. And, and we know that there's a place for us. And uh, all the other leaders of all the other religions have their places where their bones are, where their bodies have been laid. But for us as Christians, we have an empty grave, an empty grave and a risen and resurrected Savior. And this morning we come to that empty tomb and we're reminded, if but for Christ, where would we be? And so I want to encourage you, uh, if it weren't for the resurrection of Christ, nothing, nothing would count or matter. Let's pray.